Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is actor Eric Balfour, and he can currently be seen, well, starting Friday on the Netflix series Country Comfort. He plays Boone, opposite of country superstar and American Idol alum Catherine McPhee. We talk about the show and what people can expect from that. We actually have other cast members from that show as well that will be joining us as the weeks come along, but we're going to start it off with a banger, Eric. We also talk about other shows he's been a part of, Haven and 24, really how he got his start as a musician before he was discovered as an actor about being a dad in Hollywood, how tough the industry could be, and just many other topics. This is a lot of fun. I'm excited for you to check it out again. Country Comfort airs this Friday on Netflix. I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun. Eric was the absolute best, and stay tuned for more amazing content coming down the pipe. Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Prepare to be astonished with Brett Allen. Dude, we are so gonna party. A pop culture podcast. <gasps> oh! At the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. Great Odin's Raven. Join in weekly as Brett interviews your favorite celebrities from film, television, sports, music, and much more. Plus, you never know who will stop by. The Mystic Portal awaits. Now here is your host, Brett Allen. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, I mean, this is like a tale of multiple interviews because you have just been a part of so many amazing projects. I would be remiss if I didn't mention 24 Haven. The list goes on and on. And once again, you have landed in the sweet spot. Uh, And I got to say Skyline, a fantastic film just from a geeky standpoint yeah yeah um that was a fun one but we're here to talk about your newest project country comfort with you janet varney Catherine mcphee eddie cibrian i mean my god it's just an ensemble of ensemble cast how does that feel to be amongst so many amazing people well i first well first of all i would i would say it Catherine mcphee is really the the star of the show. She is amazing and funny and sweet and, and just, I mean, crushes it. So she's really the superstar. We're all just there. Um, kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, helping out. Um, but, um, no, it, it was, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. You know, for me, you know, music was and is my first love. Um, that was how I got started doing all of this. So to finally get the opportunity to marry, playing a musician, getting to, you know, make music, perform, sing, and and have it be a comedy, which I, I you know, I haven't gotten to do a lot of, you know, while I, I suppose my character on Haven was a little bit the comic relief at times, um, you know, it's always been my dream to really do a, a, a true comedy. And so to have it be married with music is, is honestly just, it, this has been a dream come true, so... Um, I'm just, I'm so stoked for people to see the show. Yeah. I mean, you are a musician by nature. That's how you got started. And a lot of people may not know that, but that's really kind of what your in was into the business and acting sort of came after the fact, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was, you know, I was, um, I was 15, almost 15 years old. And I, 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 I just, music was what I loved. I mean, when I was a, when I was a really little kid, you know, I would run around the house 
um, pretending to be Michael Jackson from, you know, not so much the, the actual video of Thriller, but there was a, there was a documentary called The Making of Thriller yes. um, that I was obsessed with. You know, it was John Landis interviews and it was about all the, you know, they had, you know, all of the, um, the Rick Baker, you know, makeup effects of how they turned him into a werewolf and all of that. And I was obsessed. So I would just, you know, mimic that whole thing. And, and between that, I was, I, I was obsessed with the movie Staying Alive with John Travolta, which was actually the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, but I didn't know what Saturday Night Fever was. I had no idea. Like I would, I would, you know, put like, I'd take like rags and I'd put it around my head and I'd put a little washcloth around my crotch and pretend to be him at the, in the finale with was dancing on the stage. And, and I tell people like, yeah, I want to, I, someday I want to be, I want to be Tony Monero and dance in New York. They're like, oh, Tony Monero, like from Saturday Night Fever. You know, he's not from New York. He's from Brooklyn. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. What's Saturday Night Fever? I don't even know what that is. What are you talking about? So you know, from, from the beginning, that was what I loved. And then, you know, I finally, I, I had a couple different bands as a kid. Um, one of them, you know, was obviously like a, a singing group with um, my friends, Brittany Murphy and, and Haley Johnson and Brian Friedman, who, who's, a, Brian is now a really accomplished, I mean, he was an amazing dancer then, but now a really um, accomplished choreographer. Um, and so I, you know, had always done music and um, when I was 15, I was in a band and we were rehearsing in this really sketchy, weird um, rehearsal studio in, in, in Hollywood that was like right near the corner of uh, Vine in Santa Monica. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I, 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 <laughs> we, uh, I'm now wondering why the producers of this children's television show for the Disney Channel were holding the auditions in this place. Probably, I guess, because it was cheap. Yeah. But, you know, a producer happened to walk by my my band's room and they sort of poked their head in and they were like, hey, kid, you want to come audition for, for a television show? And I was like, ah, oh, dirty old man, get away from me. And But they were, they were legit producers. And that was how I, I got into this. So now, you know, some now, you know, 20 years later to be getting to, to you know, be on a show that has music is just the coolest thing ever. It is. And that's not an uncommon story. I mean, I've heard people getting discovered in the seediest parts of like West Hollywood where there's like 12 actors piled into an apartment, you know, and, <laughs> and, and everybody's just trying to make it right. Because really when you are setting out to do something like this, like you're abandoning all hope, so to speak, and really just taking whatever it needs to be done to pursue the dream. Right. Yeah, and yeah. that's really what it comes down to, I think. And people don't understand that often. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Cause now, you know, as, as, as my life has changed um, and so much of my, the focus of my life now is really about my son and less about me, but it's, it's interesting thinking about our, my business and, and thinking about the entertainment industry. Cause it is in so many ways unfair, I guess yes. is the, the right word. You know, there is no, you know, there's, there's, it's not to say that hard work doesn't help and that, you know, professionalism and having a, 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 a you know, um, positive attitude doesn't help, but it's not like any other business where, you know, Hey, you want to build a company or you want to be a lawyer or a doctor. If you work hard, you will ascend the ranks and you will, you will have that job. Our industry, there is no, there is no, there is no reward for hard work. You know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. You know, sometimes you're, 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 you know, um, in demand and sometimes you're not. So, you know, when you, when you get the opportunities to do something you really love, um, you, 
especially now, like having had moments of my career where I've gotten to pick and choose and have moments where I'm just like, hope, you know, hoping to have a job. You never quite, you know, it's, it's always different. It's not like a typical nine to five where there's like a career path and you work here and then you get promoted there and then you get here Yeah. Then you get this position. Like I'm in sales, I'm a wine broker. So there's like a career path that I can take to make money and things. But for you, it's like you get on a TV show and it's not like this show country comfort where there's a set amount of episodes, you know what you're going to be doing, but you could go on some other show and you just don't know if your character is going to last or if he's going to die or get written yeah. off. And there's lots of examples of that. So it's very unpredictable. But in this show, you have a really fun role. Uh, you play McPhee's boyfriend and there's a whole lot of things going on. What's like a synopsis of what you can share? I mean, I think most people are pretty aware of what's happening. It, it drops this Friday. So this episode will come out before it goes to air. But essentially when people watch this, um, I saw a screener of the first episode, so it's definitely family friendly for sure. It's it's the fun. I love music. My six year old loves music, so it's just it's a lot of fun. A bit, but what can people expect from the show? Well, I think you know um, the show was created um, by Karen Lucas um, and her and her partner um, uh, Peter. You know, both come from the nanny. Um, and so there's obviously, you know, there's some correlations between what we're doing here and that show. Um, but, you know, I think what I'm, I'm most excited about, and I think that people are going to connect to is this, the show has a, has a, has almost a throwback to a different era of, of, you know, sitcom television. When you think about, you know, the original Roseanne and shows like Family Ties and Cheers that were really funny shows. But they also were, were they had a they had a lot of heart, you know. That when, you know, you cared about these characters. I mean, you know, the the, the thing that I was always most impressed about, you know, when I went back and you know, getting ready for this, started watching a bunch of old Roseanne episodes, and you know, the comedy was always there. But there were moments, you know, when you would see John Goodman and and the other characters, and and if something was was a real life moment, it was intense, and. Yeah. and you felt it. And, and the, and that's the thing about comedy that I love so much is that, you know, once you start laughing, it sort of opens you up You know, you walk into a scary movie and you're sort of already ready to be, you know, like, you're like, you're, you're kind of waiting for it to happen. The thing about comedy and laughing is that it opens you up. And so when those moments of, of real heart happen, they hit you. Um, and I think people are just going to fall in love with this family and with these characters, every single, every single actor, and every character on the show is so unique and so fun. The kids are are just, I mean, amazing. I mean, Jamie and and Griffin and Piper and Shiloh and and Ricardo. They're they're every single one of those kids is super talented, and they all brought something um, um, so special um, to the show. And obviously, you know, Janet is just bananas funny. I mean, just offensively funny um <laughs> and 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 you know and eddie is just i mean he's he, he's he's you know charming. He's, eddie. Yeah. he's eddie he's charming and sweet and and he nails it and and he anchors the whole thing and and catherine is just i mean honestly i i think people are gonna are, are gonna talk about catherine and they're gonna start making references to people like lucille ball and 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 you're i mean she really 
just nails every moment. It was it was really exciting to to be a part of. Yeah, I'm excited. We have a couple of the kids coming on to the show later on in the week, right. so I'm excited. Jamie's coming on. I'm excited to chat with him. When you talk to Jamie, and I, I told him, you know, this is really I think Jamie's first. Yeah, first talk. big break. Yeah, like first big break, and he is so funny and so good. Like I just, I, I told him when we were when we wrapped, I was like, dude, if this is what you want to do, you're gonna do it because you're you're incredible. Um, he's just so good. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, his publicist was like, he's a little nervous about doing all of this press, and I'm like, he'll be in good hands. He's fine, <laughs> you know. Especially when you have such a project like this, you know, it just really makes it easy. You mentioned that you're a dad, which I love, which connects us on a different level than most people that I talk to. Does your son have any kind of idea of what dad does? Is there any, is, I'm not sure his age. So he's two, he's two and a half. Okay. So, so kind of still figuring out. Yeah. He doesn't have much clue. We, <laughs> I did a, I actually did like a children's movie last year. That was like a little pirate movie um, with uh, um, Malcolm McDowell was in it. And so it was a lot of fun. And, um, <laughs> nice. and I, they sent me a screener and he's really, he loves pirates. So we kind of put it on. And he sort of, you know, he saw me on the TV and he sort of looked, he's like, look back, <laughs> looked me and he looked back and he looked and he's like, daddy? I was like, yeah, daddy's a pirate. He's like, daddy's a pirate? I'm like, yeah. And that lasted for about a minute. And then he was like, Paw Patrol? Paw Patrol? <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. Um, yeah, so he's, uh, he's not, he's not all that, he, he doesn't, not that impressed yet. Yeah. Well, it's always a 50-50 wash when I talk to people because, you know, either their kids just grow up in the business and they just know, like I was talking to Joel McHale not too long ago and his kids get it, but they're super unimpressed with everything that he does. <laughs> they're like, we think this is great, you know, but like, when are you going to be relevant again? You know, so it's just kind of like, okay, you were on this one show that lasted a really long time and now you just like appear on a bunch of other things. So I guess that's what you do. You're just a professional co-star or co-host and just giving him <laughs> a hard time. But I think it's great, you know, especially when kids, as they mature and they get older and they sort of figure out the things that we do as parents. And I think they just kind of naturally have an interest in what we do. And, you know, if there's a spark there, great. You know, whether they choose to go into the entertainment business like you my, my i will do everything in my power to keep my son away from the entertainment industry yeah yeah i hear that a lot lately it seems like yeah know. i do you know i just think i just think it's inevitable that you know our our business is based on so much um scrutiny and 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 rejection yeah i look i I don't care what any actor says, the amount of rejection we deal with has an effect on your psyche and, and on your soul. It has whether to. You're, whether you're the most thick skinned, like, oh, I don't care, whatever. Like, it, it, I don't, it, it just does. And so I would love for him not to ever think about that in his life. I don't want him to, you know, I want him to work hard and do things that he's passionate about and and know that, you know, as long as he's, as long as he's working hard, it will pay off. And yeah. I love that, Eric. I think that's great. You know, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And I would agree with you. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, rejection is one thing or they don't look at it that way. But to be honest, like to me, it just seems like I did some background and stand in work back in the day when I lived in New Mexico. And so I know like going in to read for one line is, I mean, that's just one line, you know, out of a hundred people that look like you don't look like you. And then you don't, 
ever hear back about anything ever. Or if someone like yourself, if you're going out for a role such as like 24 or Haven or any of these other projects that you've been a part of, like you just don't know what it's going to be, right? And then there is the scrutiny and then there's the feedback and then, oh, we need you to drop a few pounds or gain a few pounds yeah. or cut your hair. I mean, it's just like, it's a lot. And if you don't have that elasticity to like be able to handle the pressure, I mean, it could crush people. That's why the, the, the rate of people who come out to LA every month just secedes so low because it's just so stressful for a lot of people. Imagine if you got started in the middle of a pandemic, like you were just about to do it and then everything just completely stops. I've had so many celebrities and actors like yourself be like, I don't think I could do it now. I would just quit <laughs> because it's so- Yeah, it's, it's really, it's actually, I, I, it's interesting. Cause like, if I had known now what I knew when I was, you know, 15, 16 started out, you know, thinking about doing this, I, I probably would have done it very differently. Really? Um, what would you have done? I probably would have gone to film school. I would have learned um, all of the other side of the camera. I would have spent more time studying writing and sure. editing. And I would have built my career from that side first. Um, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, I look at somebody like Ed Burns, you know, I love what Ed Burns has done with his career. I know, you know, he's not necessarily the flashiest name right now. Um, but he's a working act. He works all working, the time. And he works for himself. Yeah. He doesn't work for anybody. He creates his own projects. Yep. He creates everything. Any show that goes to pilot or series, he's always the one that creates it. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I love people, you know, you think about Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow and like those guys who built these, you know, almost like, you know, sort of uh, troops. Um, and I, I just, I would have done things, you know, I learned how to do a lot of it and, you know, obviously gotten to direct a little bit and would love to do more of that, but I would have done it differently. Um, I would have spent more time um, learning how to build my own infrastructure for my career um, versus all of that time auditioning and sort of trying to, to um, appease other people's wishes. Yeah. I, that's a very polite way of putting it, but I, yeah, the I like the decorum. It's true. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'll be honest, like from a interviewer's perspective and even just a consumer of content, I mean, you've just been a part of a lot of really fun projects over the years that we've all gotten to enjoy and Thank all you. of those types. Yeah, it was very true. Like, I mean, when the opportunity came to talk to you, I was very excited because I was like, oh man, you know, I mean, I've just kind of watched you over the years be a part of so many different things, topics and, and shows I've already mentioned, you know, so I don't want to overstate it, but I find it to be true. One last question or two here as we wrap up. I know we have a hard stop. What, like at what point did you kind of realize you had done the auditions, you kind of got discovered and did the Disney thing and then just kind of worked your way like, was there a landmark project or something that you were a part of where you kind of realized, you know, okay, I've made it, so to speak, and I have some validity in this industry and, and I can keep doing this for a very long time or no? Nope. After every job. I, don't, I mean, again, maybe I'm the only one. I know. I don't think I am. No, after I don't think you job, are either. <laughs> after every job, you go, oh, that was probably it. I don't, I'm now not, what? I don't know. Am I ever going to work again? And you do it after every job. You just go. I don't know. I, I hope that wasn't it. I hope I get another job someday. It just, I, I, I you know, I think again, and, and you know, the only thing that's brought me um, some sanity and comfort is, is as I've, you know, 
taken more control of my career, created other op- um, outlets and opportunities financially for myself, and and spent more time creating and developing projects on my own. Did it did it start to feel slightly less uncontrollable? Um, and and I, I, I you know the, the the coolest thing right now is what I see is when you look at a lot of a lot of these younger kids who are you know creating their own shows on TikTok and on YouTube. I think is that is the 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 best thing that could happen to this business is yeah. for artists to take control back of their own content and of their own careers. We saw it happen, you know, in music, you know, sort of 10, 15 years ago, where the technology met the moment. And if you were an artist or a band, you could go record your album. You didn't need to ask anyone's permission. Yes, a big label might be able to help you with marketing and distribution and things like that. But as far as the actual content, you wanted to make your album, you could make your album in your bathroom. Yeah, you know, you people your do that. Your, yeah, you could make your album in your garage and it will sound just as good as an album made, you know, at, at, at Capitol Records Studios. You know, um, in our industry, we're still, you know, the, 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 the ability to, you know, you couldn't go out on your own and make Game of Thrones. But we are starting to see like, you know, like, look, if you said, you know, to a bunch of your friends, like, hey, I want to go and make... Uh, you know, um, a 24 euphoria. type show. Yeah. Or whatever. Or type show or euphoria or on an iPhone easy. Yeah. You totally could. You know, I, I just watched, um, I just watched all, I don't know how many it was four or five seasons of, um, of search party, which I thought was so good. I loved it. And you know, if you wanted to make that show on your own, you, um, you know, you could. And, and so if we could get to that point where people got a group of actors together, a group of writers, a crew together, they all shared in the profit. And you could take that product and put it on YouTube or put it on Amazon and say, hey, for every download and every view, like in every ad click, we are going to share in that profit. All of a sudden, the artist now has control over their art form. And that would be really exciting to me. And that's what I want to see. You know, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I may, I may have missed the boat a little bit, but I hope not. And, and I don't think so. You know, it's funny. Burke Kreischer was telling a story on one of his podcasts about how he had gone to pitch a show to a network and they basically shut him down. And then someone told him, well, you should start a podcast and do this instead. We'll get you ad sponsors. Long story short, he did it. And that show came back to him later and said, Hey, we want you now because we've seen the success that you had. And he's like, it doesn't work that way anymore. Like to me, I wanted to interview people. I wanted to do a talk show different than a standard podcast. So I put some ideas together. You put hard work into it. And then here we are talking to you about this great show and all the things you've done. So really, you just have to have the tenacity to really just put the effort forth. But it's, I think you're right. Like we're coming upon, although we're in this golden age, it's almost easier these days to a degree for people to put content together and get it out there. And then you wind up with a huge hit like this Netflix show, which I think people are going to love. And uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you can, the cast is so good and everybody just has their moment where they can shine and there's no stopping or starting or dragging. It just all moves along and it's really, you know, evanescent of like old school television. It's a multi-camera comedy Netflix seems to have hit the jackpot with these types of shows. Yeah. So I wish you multiple seasons of this and you so uh, your continued journey in fatherhood and just enjoying that. It, everybody probably says this, but the time flies by. So oh, 
it's terrifying. My kid is six and a half now, and it's just like unbelievable how smart he is and just his how he's progressed. It's like a little human being. So yeah. um, protect the innocence, you know, for yeah, sure. Sure. Um, but this episode again will drop before Friday when Country Comfort goes live on Netflix. Yeah, Here, watch. Please do watch it and uh, help these guys get out there and um, the plus three demo and and let's let let's watch it so we can get more episodes. And uh, Eric, I, I appreciate your time. It's been a blast chatting yeah, with thanks, you. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time so much. You have a great day. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.